0: Right now, gay men and women are being sent to concentration camps. In Chechnya, a semi-autonomous region of Russia, a gay purge has been quietly taking place since 2017. The region is run by radical religious extremists, and the leaders deny that a purge is even taking place. Estimates are that 140 gay people have been detained, and of those, 40 have been killed. This is what motivated me to do some more research about the persecution of gay people in Nazi Germany, And that's the topic for today's episode. My name is Doug, and this is my show, History Out of the Closet, documenting the queer history that probably wasn't taught to you in school. Today's episode, Erased, The Gay Holocaust Experience. Six Million Jews Murdered The Holocaust was an attempt to eliminate Jews in Germany and German-occupied countries during World War II under the Nazi dictatorship. Roma, disabled people, and gay people were also targeted, interned in concentration camps, and murdered. The Nazis wanted a nation of what they called an Aryan race, which was supposedly superior to all others. Germany's failures in World War I, and afterwards, were blamed on Jews and other undesirable groups within Germany. I need to preface this episode by saying that researching this topic was difficult for me. There's not an abundance of information and media online that details the homosexual persecution that took place. This is for a reason. There was shame associated with being gay, and therefore survivors did not come forward. The ones who did come forward did so after the gay liberation movement took place, post-Stonewall, after 1969, when things were safe. That means that they were forced to stay hidden in the closet for around 25 years after the end of the war. Let's set the scene. Berlin, in the 1920s, was the leading city in the world for the study of sexuality and gender. It was ahead of its time by nearly 100 years. A private sexology research institute existed in Berlin, established by Magnus Hirschfeld, a gay Jewish doctor. It housed a library of books, photographs, and artifacts focusing on same-sex relationships and eroticism. Dr. Hirschfeld coined the term transsexualism, and the institute gave jobs to trans people, some of whom were also clients. Hirschfeld's institute even provided surgical services, and in the early 1930s began performing the first modern sexual reassignment surgeries. If a client who wanted surgical or other treatments wasn't able to afford it, Hirschfeld would provide it for free. They were also advocates for sex education, contraception, education about sexually transmitted illnesses, and women's emancipation. To me, this is incredible to think of. Nearly a hundred years later, we're still at a similar point when it comes to understanding and accepting sexuality and gender differences. It also goes to show you that the actions of an oppressive power can stamp out any progress that's being made and delay it for generations. This is indeed what happened. Gay bars and clubs were thriving in Berlin. Gay sex was illegal on the books, but it wasn't really being enforced. In the cases where someone was arrested for this reason, it's very difficult to convict them because there weren't witnesses to testify against the two men involved. Dr. Hirschfeld attempted to get enough support to have the government overturn the law that made homosexual acts illegal in Germany. Paragraph 175. He got over 5,000 signatures from prominent Germans supporting the petition. Even Albert Einstein signed the petition. One of Hitler's inner circle and close friends, Captain Ernst Ruhm, the leader of the SA, was a gay man. He didn't hide this. Everyone knew. If someone like him could be open and out, then anyone could be. And so there were many gay people who chose to live openly, or let's say carelessly, in the closet.
1: That's me. That is my friend from New York. He was my first exotic lover. <laughs> I went to see him, nineteen thirty-four, in New York. When I came back, the Nazi the Nazis reigned that time, and there was an officer. His name was Rome. He was a homosexual man. Everybody knew it, but uh, uh, the homosexual people were were. Uh, quite sure that n- nothing would happen because one of the government men was like them.
0: Part 2. Lockup The German Students' Union went to Hirschfeld's Sexology Institute and burned all the books and artifacts in 1933. Records, including addresses of thousands of queer people who were clients or just simply known to the institute, were seized and used to identify gay people and sentence them. Luckily, Magnus Hirschfeld was abroad when his institute was targeted. He was both gay and Jewish, which made him a double target. Things changed drastically when Room was killed in the Night of the Long Knives. This was Hitler's plan of eliminating opposition from within. He saw Ruhm as having too much power as he was the leader of the SA. Shortly after, it's said that Himmler, the leader of the SS and chief of the German police, who had a particular dislike for gays, encouraged Hitler to group them with other undesirable groups. Now that Ruhm, the highest-ranking gay person in the inner circle, was gone, it would be easier to enforce the anti-gay policy. They modified paragraph 175 of the law in 1935 to define what homosexual behavior was. Before, it was limited to just anal sex and oral sex, and a witness was usually required to secure a conviction. After the modifications, paragraph 175 included things like mutual masturbation, kissing, and even writing love letters. The slightest homosexual advances, like cruising, or if someone heard a rumor that you were gay, that was enough to be imprisoned under the new version of Paragraph 175. Under Nazi rule, it's estimated that over 100,000 gays and lesbians were arrested and sent to prison. Of those who were imprisoned, 10,000 to 15,000 were sent to concentration camps upon their release from prison to perform slave labor, starve, and be killed. There could be higher numbers of homosexuals that were sent to concentration camps and killed because some people who were suspected of being gay could be labeled as asocial, or another undesirable category. Gay prisoners were targeted both by guards and other inmates. The gay prisoners were tortured in an attempt to get more names and addresses of homosexuals in hiding. Cruel treatment also happened on a regular basis, without any particular reason, just for the sake of being cruel, and homophobia was the norm. Gay prisoners had their fingernails torn off, or their bowels punctured with pieces of wood, causing excessive bleeding. Prisoners were chained up and the guards released angry dogs to kill the helpless gay prisoners while the other inmates watched. Gay inmates were also chained up and had hoses shoved down their throats, and when the water was turned on, they drowned. The guards then hung them upside down to drain the water and make it look like they died of natural causes. It's important to retell personal experiences. Since so many homosexual victims did not come forward, we need to listen and learn from those who did. This is Pierre Seel, from the Alsace region of France.
1: There was a hierarchy, the strongest to the weakest. There was no doubt that the weakest in the camps were the homosexuals. All the way on the bottom. I wasn't even 18. Arrested, tortured, beaten, without any defense. Without a trial,
0: nothing. I was all alone. I don't even mention being sodomized and raped.
1: It happened in front of me and 300 prisoners, 300. The death of Joe, my friend, he
0: was condemned to die, eaten by dogs, German dogs, German shepherds. In Shrimec, that's something I can never forget. Pierre was lucky to have been given a different classification in the camp than homosexual. He was labeled a Catholic and asocial. He was gay and that was the reason for his original arrest, so perhaps it was a lucky mistake that he didn't receive the homosexual pink triangle on his striped prisoner uniform. He was released in November 1941 and given German citizenship. The next year, he was forced to join the Reich labor service and participated in military training. Like many other men from the Alsace region on the French-German border, he was forced to join the army and fight against people he considered his allies. Amazingly, he survived, even after being sent to the Russian front. As the war came to an end, he provided leadership in refugee camps, and he even contracted malaria and survived. Pierre Seel was the only French person to have testified openly about his deportation experience during the war due to homosexuality. He passed away in November 2005. In Toulouse and in Paris, there are now Pierre Seel streets named in his honor. Captain Room's murder in 1934 surely marked a change in the attitude towards homosexuals, but probably not for the reason you'd think of. Yes, homosexuals were different, and history has taught us that people fear what they don't know or understand. The Nazis were promoting the so-called Aryan race of blonde haired blue-eyed people. They believed this race to be superior to all others. On top of their plans to eliminate inferior races, they also wanted to expand the population of the Aryan race and homosexuals couldn't contribute to the procreation, so they must be converted or eliminated. If you can't reproduce more Aryan children, you are a burden to society, another mouth to feed, and a weak, feminine man can't possibly contribute to the war effort. The Nazis cared a lot less about the homosexuals in other countries that they occupied. Surely, they were not treated kindly, but there is little evidence that shows gay men in these occupied countries were imprisoned or sent to concentration camps. You just heard Pierre Seale's story, a Frenchman, and he would be an exception to the norm. The reasoning behind this attitude of ignoring homosexuals from other countries is that these men were not part of German society and not Aryan. Therefore, they were less of a problem than German men not living up to their reproductive expectations approximately 65% of homosexual prisoners in concentration camps were murdered by the Nazis. Many others were castrated. Experiments to cure the so-called homosexual sickness left inmates with irreversible damage for the remainder of their lives if they survived. Conversion therapy was also attempted, especially when the Nazis started losing the war. Now, they needed every able-bodied man, so they put homosexuals at the front. Lesbians were sent to concentration camps as well, however, in smaller numbers. The reason is perhaps that the Nazi leadership could not comprehend how lesbians were even having sex. Let's listen to the experience of Annette Eich, a Jewish lesbian.
2: I have a very good intuition and I had a feeling something, something horrible is going to happen. I made a decision, I go off in the country and I did. When I was on the farm, what did we do? We were singing Hebrew. People songs. We were invaded by the Nazis and brought to prison. But not all Germans were aggressive and nasty. The wife of the policeman left the doors open on purpose and we all escaped. The farm was partly burned down. I went in and a miracle. I found my passport in this muddle and glass without hurting myself. I went on the bicycle, and off I tried to go to Berlin. And this is where it happens that the postman came on the bicycle from the other side and said, Fräulein, I have a love letter for you. I opened it, and there was the English paper switch let me come over to England. I could hardly believe it. Had I ever missed this letter, then I would have gone with my parents to Auschwitz.
0: Although Annette was able to escape to England, her family wasn't, and they were murdered at Auschwitz. Part 3, liberation doesn't mean freedom. When the Americans and Russians marched through Germany, liberating the millions of prisoners in concentration camps, they realized the horrendous practices of the Nazis. Jewish prisoners in striped uniforms with the Star of David on their chest were set free, but the same liberation didn't happen for prisoners with a pink triangle on their chests. A downward facing pink triangle was the symbol the Nazis used to identify homosexual prisoners. When the camps were liberated, Gay prisoners were still guilty of being gay, which was illegal, according to paragraph 175. The law remained unchanged, and the gay prisoners in concentration camps were then sent to prison to complete their so-called sentence. This is after having spent months or years being tortured and starved. When the realities of the concentration camps were discovered, it's shocking that anyone could ever punish a group more. Pierre Seal, the French survivor mentioned earlier in this episode, summed up his experience with liberation by saying, "I was already starting to censor my memories, and I became aware that, in spite of my expectations, in spite of all I had imagined, of the long-awaited joy of returning, the true liberation was for other people." After the war, homosexual prisoners were not even recognized as victims in both East and West Germany. Other persecuted groups received reparations and state pensions, while gay victims were denied any financial support, and as previously mentioned, they were still viewed and treated as criminals. Society's homophobia in Eastern Europe and the West prevented gay victims of the Holocaust from coming forward and telling their stories. A lot of survivors, embarrassed, threw away their pink triangle badges. Many survivors had difficulty finding a job if the employer knew that they had been arrested under Paragraph 175. The Nazis' updated version of Paragraph 175, making homosexuality illegal, remained unchanged in East and West Germany up until the 1970s, which of course was when the Stonewall riots took place in 1969, marking a shift towards tolerance and acceptance of gay people. Germany apologized and annulled the convictions in 2002, of gays and lesbians who were punished under paragraph 175 by the Nazis. However, they did not pardon any of the gays and lesbians punished under the same law in post-war Germany. All homosexuals were then pardoned in 2017. A bill was introduced by the government at the time to give compensation to homosexual prisoners 3,000 euros for each conviction plus 1,500 euros for every year of jail time. That's it. You lost several years of your life being locked up and you get essentially two weeks' pay, in modern times, for each year that you served. The Memorial to Homosexuals Persecuted Under Nazism was completed in Berlin in 2008. I had the chance to visit a few years ago. It's a large, dark-colored concrete box with a small window on one side, and if you look through, you'll see a video playing of two men kissing. Since then, it's been vandalized numerous times, and that window has been spray-painted over. Homophobia, although diminished now, is still present. The pink triangle that was used to identify homosexual prisoners was reclaimed by gay men in the 80s with the group ACT UP, the AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power. The triangle, which pointed downwards when used by the Nazis, is flipped with the point facing upwards in the new reclaimed use. Finally, I wanted to acknowledge that the Jewish population suffered the most on a huge scale and were targeted much more than any other group. The punishment of homosexuals was inconsistent. Members of the SS who were found out to be gay, approximately eight per year, may have received less harsh punishment and simply encouraged not to act upon any homosexual desires. Jewish people were not given any forgiveness, and that's terrible. I hope you understand that my focus with this episode was not to diminish Jewish suffering. Instead, I was trying to highlight a forgotten group, although small, still endured painful suffering at the hands of the Nazis. Thank you for listening. Please give the show a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'll be posting a new episode weekly for Pride Month, that's June, every Friday. And afterwards, we'll go to a bi-weekly schedule. If you wanna help LGBTQ people who are currently being persecuted around the world, check out Rainbow Railroad. They're a registered charity and have saved over 800 lives from state-sponsored violence against LGBTQ peoples in places like Chechnya, Jamaica, Egypt, Tanzania, and Mexico.